What's up, Femcast fam? It's Janaea, and you are now tuning in to the Femcast podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at Femcast Podcast and on Twitter at Femcast Pod CST. And please leave a review if you can, if you enjoy the show, if you've missed, <laughs> if you have missed the show please uh leave a review and speaking of missing the show i'm so sorry y'all i mean i did not intend for there to be this like super long break or like disappearance but as many of us know life happens y'all and life been happening to me and it's been a lot but we are still here and just moving on and so like this episode is a real special one y'all now please keep in mind this was recorded in October it was intended to come out sooner but it didn't happen that way so please keep in mind that the topics we discussed, the queer news and everything like that was recorded in October. But this episode is a special one to me and it is all about decentering men and our sexualities. Now, I've talked about this on the show a lot about like my bi slash pansexuality and my frustration and how people like incorrectly understand it due to this need for everybody to quite frankly be attracted to men. So they can't really, um, obviously a lot of straight folks can't really imagine a sexuality where men are not involved and obviously with bisexuality it's it's a bit more complicated than that and the way folks have been taught what that means and so today I'm just very excited to introduce y'all to um, the guest host and we're going to talk really deeper about this with a friend and um, her name is Yimko. So I met Yimko through a mutual friend, Andre, who was on a previous episode. So Yimko and I met when she was living in Chicago, but now she is in Atlanta. And she's a third year PhD candidate at Emory University in genetics and molecular biology program. Okay, it's giving scientists. Um, and she is working in an ancient DNA lab and the biological anthropology, y'all. Let me take a breath. Studying the microevolution of skin pigmentation and how historical racism has obscured research on this topic. Yemko is very passionate about supporting her black and queer communities and is the vice president of the Collective Black Graduate Student Coalition at Emory and facilitates a weekly discussion group for queer women and non-binary folks aligned with womanhood out of Emory's Office of LGBT Life period okay and so a few months ago um Yemko had made an Instagram post that really highlighted something that I think like many queer folks go through which is realizing that their attraction to men was all a lie it was all a lie <laughs> as Carly Rae <laughs> as Carly Rae would say um and you know I think many of us can relate to like okay I'm queer but my queerness has kind of significantly changed or my understanding of it has significantly changed. And I think just the particular experience of like, yo, I'm not even attracted to men, you know what I'm saying? Coming out again and, and Yemko finally understanding that Yemko is actually a lesbian, has been a lesbian all along. And also reminded me of Kehlani who kind of went through the same thing and it kind of inadvertently came out. I think in an Instagram story by her sister or something like that, what she said, basically she said she was a lesbian and people were like, oh my God, because before she said she was bi and she realized like bi isn't necessarily the word for her. And so anyway, I'm just excited for y'all to meet Yemco and to really get into this episode. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts and what you think. And I apologize again for disappearing, y'all. We gonna be back in full force next year and I'm really working on getting some great episodes for y'all for the rest of the season. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, Yemco. Welcome to the Femcast. How are you doing today? How you Hello. feeling? I mean, I'm decent. You know, I'm up. Uh-huh. I'm you awake. said I'm up. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'm awake. Um, I'm happy that it's cooling down in Atlanta. So. Okay. <laughs> yes, go. yes. I'm sure. I know it's hot out there. All right. So let's go through some queer news before we get into the topic of 
today's episode. And so first off, Colorado unveils a plan to expand coverage of gender affirming healthcare. Um, this is like, I want to talk about this because there's always so much, so much news about like conservative states taking queer folks rights away in healthcare, especially from yeah. trans folks. And so I was like, this is good to know that there's, um, you know, some places that are kind of doing the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And next up, so you know about the Dave Chappelle thing, yeah? Look. Y'all, we don't. <laughs> okay. It's a lot. And so there recently was a protest. Um, activist Ashley Marie Preston, I believe, organized it. Um, they had a walkout with staffers mm-hmm. over the Dave Chappelle special and the transphobic phobic comments that he made and they actually fired their only black trans employee who organized that walkout um it's been a whole debacle you know i have something to rant about at the end of the show about this whole thing but um netflix i really we really need y'all to do better i think this whole thing has caused them so much bad press i think like even um, you know, they have like strong back black leads, which is like the black kind of section Fake. of Netflix. And then there's most, which is the queer one. And then they like tweeted like BRB, we're walking out. Like they and it just makes you think like Really? They did yes, yes, on that Twitter. And I'm like, they must have changed the password on their supervisors because like oh. you know what I mean? Like so mm-hmm. it just makes you think, you know, in every space there are queer people and there are trans people. Right. So it's just kind of like you know, sending love to these employees mm. and like what they're going through there because um, yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to like stand up for yourself, but then knowing the repercussions of publicly, you know what I'm saying, speaking out. Right. Especially against a major company like Netflix. Like Netflix is the leader of media right now. Yeah. And nobody right. take it away from them. Like that's, you want something done. You want, you, you have a film, a movie, whatever. Everything in the movies. And I was in the bar and I was like seeing, you know, movie trailers. They say when it's out in the movies and they're like underneath it, mm-hmm. out on Netflix it, at exact, you know, X time. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely strength to the people who are actually standing up and speaking out against Netflix because. A mess. Whew. A mess. Yeah. And I'll provide more <laughs> updates, you know, later um, on later episodes. Um, I'm hoping that they do better because I just I, I haven't I can't think of another situation like this that has been this bad for Netflix I really can't think of another situation like this mm-hmm. and I think it would be it's already crazy that they weren't listening in the beginning but I'm like after all of this mm-hmm. if y'all don't learn from this like that would be terrible um yeah next up so B Scott I, I announced it another er, in an earlier episode B Scott is hosting the after show for 20s which is Lena Waits like comedic show on bt and so that premiered and it was so beautiful i just really enjoy watching it um just seeing b scott on television you know her extending love to lena waits for opening up the opportunity for her it was just like a really cool cool episode and i'm excited to like keep getting into the after show are you watching 20s are you watching the after show i literally i yes i am watching 20s but i have not seen the the after show yet okay listen you just gave me something to watch (laughs) it's pretty good it's pretty good and next up so the Chicago Sky WNBA team won yeah, the championships. That. Okay, the gays in Chicago Period. are losing their shit. All right, <laughs> it it's exciting. I've been to one game because of friends. Literally, the only <laughs> time I've been to one other game, and that's when I was in New York, and that was with the Knicks. Like I really don't be paying attention to these sports things, but I'm like the gays are living for this. <laughs> So this is definitely some big queer news. Everybody should be living for this in this city. Um, but you know how that mm. go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw Lori in her little fit. She had a little Chicago Sky fit on her. Uh, yeah, it's so weird seeing her. Then I saw the memes yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It's like the memes and then her actual policies. I just be like the struggle, the right. dissonance. Like, uh, yeah. Um, next up. And Russia, so they launched their own version of Drag Race, but it completely ignores the plight of queer Russians. Are we surprised? Wow. No. Is RuPaul going to try to come for his coins? I would think so. Even mm, in Russia, mm. I would think he would try. Um, mm. It's weird. You know, they live in a different kind of ugh, political state there. You know what I mean? And they've right. long ignored queer people there. And I don't understand. I don't really understand the giving them a a drag race without like how do you ignore the queerness in drag it's kind of weird 
I didn't even know that that was possible. Right. <laughs> intrinsically linked. Like that. Actually, that's an oxymoron, <laughs> to be honest. It's definitely an oxymoron. I, I want to see it. One of my, one thing that I get so annoyed about, I watch, I'll be listening and watching stuff from like all over the place. And I really feel mm. like there needs to be some type of creation of like, think like, think like cable, Xfinity or not Xfinity, Comcast or whatever. But like all the channels all over the world, I want that so bad because we can just tap into yeah. shows from different places. And I'm like, I would want to see what this yeah. looks like, and I'm gonna have to search on the deep dark web to see like if I could find that shit. That's true. Well, <laughs> uh, no, that's a good point, especially because we live in such a global society. Like, why is not an option? Yes, exactly, mm. exactly. Uh, anyway, um, so that's weird. We'll see what that. We'll we'll see what comes of that. Um, <laughs> Lego ditches gender categories for toys. Thank you. Isn't that weird that this is new? That's just like a weird thing to think about. Gendered categories for toys. But I, I remember that when right. I would be in Toys R Us as a kid. But like, I'm like, dang, yeah. gender and toys? And then getting like in yeah. trouble for playing with certain toys. More so for boys, I would say. Yes. Um, yes. No, sh- seriously. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So step in the right direction. Toys are toys. Kids are kids. Who cares? <laughs> right. Next up, so I've talked about this show on here before, and the tea is being spilled. So on the CW, you know, they have a lot of superhero shows. So there was Batwoman, and Mm -hmm. Ruby Rose was Batwoman. Did you watch it? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. I saw, so I saw Ruby Rose's season. I haven't seen the second season yet. Okay, okay. So it's been a long time. I don't know if it's because of COVID or because of this drama, but the whole big deal with the next season was that it was a black woman who was also going to be queer yeah. still. But, like, she didn't really talk yeah. about... Ruby Rose didn't talk about why she left the show. Well, she'd been spilling all the tea. I'm going to give, like, a quick rundown. Basically Oops. saying that there was a lot of unethical things happening on the show. Like, one of the runners, um, like, will have assistants steaming his pants while he's wearing them, a.k.a. his crotch. And the, uh, it's on many wow. fronts. And then she was posting, like... There were a lot of injuries for stunt wow. devils, so then she had to actually do stunts, even though she was like not really trained in the stunts and being injured. Wow. How they wouldn't like cover her, like cover, um, like getting a ride for her to and from set since she, she only got like ten days off after this, after she got injured. Um, and wow. so they told her to get her own taxi. Uh, there was something else she said. She said that. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, they watched somebody else had an injury on set and like they watched the person's skin burn off and they never got like training for or they never got any type of assistance and like trauma, you know, assistance from this on set. Like it was a lot that she said. And I was just like really disappointed because this show was ran by Berlanti Productions. Um, Greg Berlanti and his his uh and his I'm not sure oh I actually think they may not be married anymore but anyway like I like their shows and they're like production company and I was just like Mm. all of this and they were making them film on set during COVID still this was happening during the beginning of COVID and like Supergirl and all the other shows were on pause but they weren't like it was just a lot I would encourage y'all to Mm. see what she's saying because I think for her to speak up so long afterwards you know what I mean like they're trying to ruin her reputation it seems like they're speaking badly on her as a talent and not talking about what happened on set. Yeah, I'm about to go Google that because <laughs> after I watched the first season, I was like, I because I remember I had seen on on Twitter like you know all these pictures of the, of the black like woman as right. that woman. I was like, okay, so so when I first turned it on, I thought it was gonna be her because I didn't even know oh, that it was first Ruby Rose. Rose. So that's why I put it on because I was like, oh, a black queer yeah. woman as black bat woman. Okay, okay. But then I turned it on, and I was like, what the heck? And I went on the Googles, right? You know, right. <laughs> a few months ago. But that's wild. Oh my god, it sounds horrifying. And I'm <sighs> like, um. Shoot. Are we doing okay on the other CW shows? Because those are also Berlin. Thank you. That's what I. Yeah. So I'm kind of like. You. That's what I'm wondering because now I'm wondering like my my favorite CW show is Black Lightning. Yeah. And oh, and you canceled in the middle of it. She did. She, she And so I'm like, what happened? Shit. Why did China leave in the middle of the last season? Gee, you just made. Now a- I'm. <laughs> You just connected the dots. That makes so much sense. Because she was saying, like, she been knew it was time to go. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Shit. She said she was done with how the in- in- industry handles stuff and yeah. like things like that. Like she went on a rant, a mini rant on her IG story about it. Right. And oh, that's why she she was in the first episode, like the first four. Yeah. And then she came at the end of the last episode. But that's it, cause she was like, "Damn, I'm not doing this with y'all." So what is going on at CW? Damn, yum. Okay. <laughs> they, okay. Damn, we, bet we find something else out. Because I think after she okay. did all day tea, I think other people will be more willing to, to I, say I hope, I hope. what's going on. Because, yeah, I love Black Lightning, too, and I was so confused. When she, but she made it clear that it was bigger things at hand. So we'll see mm. how that we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> uh, Hamilton oh, actor says that they were fired over requesting a gender-neutral um, like dressing room. I'm like... Wow. Okay. For Hamilton, though, like, you know, you're in Los Angeles, like, some things just feel like, are we in 2021 or are we, like, in, like, 1962? Like, <laughs> are we, like, in 1662? Okay. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> With technology. <laughs> Look, yeah. And then next up, British Airways retires, ladies and gentlemen. For our gender neutral greeting. Oh, and I'm just snap. like, these simple things. Can we all, okay. like, can all the airways do this? Can we move on? Who cares? Look at y'all trying. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Um, and then it's interesting too, lastly, in London, in East London, <laughs> parents are protesting being their students be a ta- being taught about like LGBTQ relationships, their primary school, and also um, like sex education. And it's just kind of like, Y'all do not understand really that just because you don't talk about it in school does not. The first off, they are talking about it in school with their friends. So how about we have people yeah. come in like actual and factual professionals? Um, yeah. And I just feel like I don't understand this conversation because they're gonna talk about it and they may get misinformation. So why not kind of like preempt that? And I'm like, they in the UK? Do they not watch the esteemed UK television show? <laughs> Look, that's probably why they mad. That's a great example. It's a great example of what happens if you don't talk to your kids about sexual education. Right. But okay. Right, exactly. Well, that's it for queer news. Now we're going to move into the topic of this episode, which is decentering men and our sexualities. I'm so excited to talk to you about this. Let's go. (laughs) You said you're ready. I listen, so ready to have this conversation. Yeah. Um, have it all the time, really? especially with myself mm. in my head, because yeah, compulsory heterosexuality is hard to combat. Absolutely, absolutely. Combat. So let's first, Yimko, talk me through what it was like when you first began to understand your queerness in general. Like, what age were you? Right. What kind of place in life were you in? What did that look like for you? Mm. Yeah, I think like. Um, Oof, it's you know as many people it's like an epic story it's like an epic tale. okay I remember like in middle school I I'm very fortunate that my family has been very um supportive of my process for the most part okay. um there's some things that my mom's still working through but like I love her and I appreciate yeah. her um but she asked me in seventh grade, you know, when I had friend breakups and I'd be a hot mess. Aww. She'd be like, mm, are you sure you're just friends? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. Yikes. <laughs> and then she was like, okay. She waited. And then in high school, it happened again. And she was like, it was like junior year of high school. She was like, mm, are you ready now? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you, no, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. But then, you know, I went to Oberlin and it was just like click because, they, I'm, I promise, I promise 85% of the population at Oberlin is gay. Okay. Like 85%. I mean, it's liberal cool. arts school, just, yeah. Like, even if, exactly, <laughs> right? Even if they not out, I'm damn near, it's like 85%. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, you know, but that was very important to me because it was so normalized. So like, it didn't, I was at a place where queerness didn't feel like an other thing to me. Okay. And I literally remember like the moment I was in my dorm room, sophomore year, I had a single I was like, I have a whole crisis. Mm-hmm. And I just stood there and I was like, I can't, I can't add another like oppressed mm-hmm. identity. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't do that. I'm going to fall apart. 
but I was like, but I am, I am queer. And then I was just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> not, not I'm queer, black and woman. What do I do? Right, right. And that's <laughs> so I common do? for so many black women that thought of like, I cannot add another thing. I hear that every yes. time. And that's what it, really what it felt like. So it was like this earth shattering moment because I was like, like I literally felt like the ground shaking. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, okay, here we go, oppression. All right. But also at the same time, then it became so like, you know, affirming because mm-hmm. I'm like, I realized I've been fighting this for so long in myself. Yeah. And like that, so that, you know, was a nice weight lifted right. to not have to fight that anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I had, you know, experiences in college that was, uh, great. But at the, at that time I just really liked the term queer for the most part. Right. And then I started hearing more labels and, you know, whatever. And then I was like, okay, I think I like pansexuality because like gender shouldn't matter right, in the right, conversation right. really to me. Um, especially as I learned more about like, you know, like gender identities and gender queerness and just thinking about gender and identity in like a post-colonial context i was like this mm-hmm. you know like what the heck is this crap anyway yeah um and at this and then mm-hmm. oh, sorry my bad no, go ahead. i was go just ahead. wondering so at this time too when you're like queer you're still considering your attraction to men as like the same at that point oh oh <laughs> this is a good question <laughs> so <laughs> you know i this is the context also for like my final sort of, well, no, I shouldn't say final, but my recent kind of coming into myself. The whole time I was like, well, you know, I feel like it could happen mm. because I was in relations with men before that. Right. And I did not. I, I absolutely hated it. Mm. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. But you didn't um, name it at that point. You wasn't clear on that. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Okay. I was just like, oh, that was probably those people. Like, that was probably that experience. Mm-hmm. Let me not just, like, use that to be like, this happens with all men. Because the other thing is I would, you know, thinking about it, like, and I still kind of feel this way, not to the same extent, but I was like, I would feel comfortable using sex as a, like, power over men. Like, that to ah, me is cool. Okay. Like, that to me is yes. cool. But then I was like, do I actually want to have sex with them? I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't actually want to fornicate yes. <laughs> with cis men. Mm-hmm. That's not cool with me. Um, or with just honestly with, with men, um, not not cool with me. Yeah. So, but that, you know, wasn't until recently. That was Literally, um, yeah, this, the whole, like, you know, the pand- I think the pandemic was really good for a lot of people in terms of, like, time for self-reflection. Yeah. Reflection and... Um, I had all, like all, all pandemic, I would like get on the phone with, with my significant other. And I'd be like, I feel like I'm getting gay every day. <laughs> I, and I'm like, and I'd be laughing. I'd be like, haha, am I a lesbian? Right. Right. <laughs> okay. That's for but another day. But you wasn't day. taking it serious. <laughs> what, yeah. Exactly. Right. right. right? I was it's, just laughing and I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's very interesting too. Cause you, you saying like you were at a liberal arts college, you know what I'm saying? And like right. for me, I also came out in college. I, I'm not going to go through it all just because, oh, maybe I kind of share people who this may be your first episode listening. Yeah. Um, but I also was in college, but also like <laughs> we were in the same state, Ohio, but like I was in very different. Like I was in Columbus. It was, and they do have like, I would say a notable, not notable, but very noticeable queer community, but very white, mm. like very white. And I also mm. was on campus, very white. So like mm. when you said that, like you felt like you were in a space where it kind of was like affirming for the most part, like everybody is seeming queer, everybody seeming some type of gay. Mm. It was so opposite for me because I was like, these white people do not fuck with me. I had like huge experiences mm when I first moved into my door that were like bad white people and literally based off me being black and I was just like in shock because it already was yeah. a culture shock being there like being from the south side yeah. so then like you know it, it was that the race thing was happening and then realizing I'm queer kind of at the same time was just like and then I'm also like not you know I'm I knowing I'm preferring like black people but I'm like the black people here yes. are also yes. giving quite homophobic um so it was like it was Ooh. just so many layers um but for me too like when I realized that I was bi slash pan I go by both um and I do usually lump mm-hmm. I feel like they're pretty much the same thing for me topic for another day um but for me like I realized I was attracted to women but didn't 
get to the title of like buy and pan until using the dating apps like the her app i know we talked about it before they had required people even way back in college to put their gender identity and for me it was like oh okay i never heard of this but i'm like attracted to this person so that kind of was what made it like clear for me and none of those genders were men so like my pansexuality was really never censoring men on its premise you know what i mean but i think it's the same thing of like Mm -hmm okay, I have been with men. Um, but I didn't feel like the title was, for me, was like holding on to the men part. I think it was like the freedom yeah. and the other genders, if that makes sense. Um, so mm. that's where the excitement was for me. And so I'm wondering, like, mm. as you grew older in age and experience, how did it begin to change um, your understanding of like, your attraction to men how did that change did anything feel wrong or not quite right was it a specific moment or many moments Mm, yeah I think like my first quote-unquote serious relationship with the dude which I said quote-unquote because it was like (laughs) two months and I did not like him like that the whole time okay um and I think and upon reflecting upon Mm -hmm. that right later years later is really where I was like I don't like I really do not have sexual or even like romantic um attraction to men what age is this it was so sad because this was so we he and i got together freshman year of college okay but you know really reflecting i kind of knew but i was really reflecting upon that again like when i finally arrived in my lesbian identity like in april ish Mm -hmm. of of 2021 yeah um, because it was just sad because he and I, he was like my best friend. Okay. And so I loved Buddy. Yeah. You know, I was like, bro, like I actually do love you. Yes. I just want to sit down and watch anime with you. We could do homework. You, you're my bro. Right, right. <laughs> you're my bro. But to him, he was like, oh, it's a woman. So like, uh, yeah, we should be together. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Sure. But I didn't like it at all. And, you know, uh, when I finally had the goal to tell him that, you know, he was like, why did you, like, you were unhappy this whole time. Why did you keep me in this? I'm like, so you knew I was unhappy the whole time? And you didn't say Why nothing. did you keep me in this? Mm. Because when we, when it first happened, when he first asked me, it was, a te- it was like a terrible, terrible setup. And I think this is the other thing about men that I just don't fuck with. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it was just so like. I I am going to back you up in the corner to ask you a question without your consent. Because he, like, had me chill with him under the guise of, like, we just chilling and smoking like we usually do. Okay. And then I'm, like, basically, like, kind of, like, you know, not really trapped in his room, but it you felt like You feeling pressured. That, right? Yeah. Exactly. And he, like, it's, especially because it was Valentine's Day, so I got a text from him. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I was like, all right, but we bros. So, like, I'm going to go. We both just going to do the single Valentine's thing. Mm-hmm. And then he, we, you know, he'd pull out the blunt with a um, rose. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> with a rose. <laughs> with the uh, blunt with a rose. Not wondering you like this. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, so, in my brain, you know, I'm like that meme with the, the calculation. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the hell is about to happen right yeah. now? And so, you know, that's when he he was like, I've been thinking about you. Whatever. Whatever. That's when he quote unquote confessed, right? Okay. And so in that moment, I was like, I need to think. And I like left. Mm. And I, so I, I basically like, because I didn't, I'm, I still, and I still struggle with this. Telling men no is like hard. hard. And it was hard for me in that moment okay. to tell him no. So I literally was like, uh, um, like, thank you for telling me this. I need to go think. Yeah. And I like left. Yeah. Clearly that's a no. Yeah. My body was like, hell right. no. But because, you know, of how I've been raised in the society to like elevate men. the wants of men, yeah. I eventually was like, okay, fine. Wow. But I didn't want to do that yeah. <laughs> at all. Yeah. So that was a big, that was a big turning mm-hmm. point for me, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I think... Like, even when you, it's a big point. Cause it's like, why you have to interrogate? Like, why do, why couldn't I have just said, uh, you know, why couldn't I have just vocalized? Like, no, I don't think that this mm-hmm. is for me. <laughs> like on my end, I mm-hmm. think it's been through actually being in relationships with more like women and non-binary people, people who mm-hmm. are not men that I just realized that my attracted to men, attraction to men just like lessened in general. 
Um, mm. like, I, like when you said that you told your significant other, like, I feel like I'm getting more gay every day. I'm like, the more I've been like in love with people that are not men, the less I feel attracted to men. And like, it's not to say that like, like anybody can do you wrong. Let's be clear. Like it's trash niggas across the yeah. gender spectrum. Let's be clear. Yeah. But it's definitely yeah. like that feeling of like closeness it's just very different i think that is a big marker but then it's also hard to it's also hard to name that feeling like it's hard yeah. to name it especially when it's happening over time and then one thing i think about too is like even with bisexual or pansexual people they always say like um which it may be true but they say like bi people will try to downplay their attraction to men in order to be in, in order to fit in more with like lesbians in the queer community, have you heard that before? Mm, I I've seen it. Ah, yeah. you said it's it's I've real. It I'm happen. sure it's real for some people, <laughs> but I'm like I heard that shit and I was like what? Because I'm like that's not real for me. Like I'm also in that place of kind of just being like maybe it could happen, but also like no, mm. like I'd rather not. Mm. But then also like I feel like I still go by bi and pan because men. And women ain't the only two genders. And so it just feels more right with women. Um, and even though, like, yeah. I may be physically attracted to men, being in a relationship with them is, like, very different. So for me, it's been an evolution mm-hmm. over time. Like, through dating people, through mm-hmm. understanding my attractions, like, I don't think I would have even... I don't think I would have had mm-hmm. the experience to, like, name where I'm at right now, like, when I first came out in college. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. I feel like we do learn through the experience... Like, it's not going to come to you in one moment. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Am exactly. I no, it's okay. no, that's facts. <laughs> I mean, because, right, like, you learn from experience, you get more information. And I definitely, I, like, I, I definitely, like, um, identify with, like, part of, part of what you said, especially in, like, learning that maybe there is not as much of a romantic attraction with men over time. Mm-hmm. Because at that time in college, even, you know, through senior year, I didn't really name that, like, okay, not only was I not very much sexually attracted to these Mm -hmm. men that I was in relation with, but I didn't want, you know, a romance with them until I started during, again, during the pandemic, got on what I like to call as like niche sapphic cartoon Twitter. And like, I learned the term sapphic Mm -hmm. and that it is like, it can be, I think more and more now, um, an umbrella term for everyone who, for all non men. Okay who are like have any attraction to women and and or non-binary people okay and so for me i was like yes i i just mm-hmm. don't like men right but everybody else it's <laughs> cool it's cool, it's cool. i i don't i don't want to have sexual relations i don't have romantic relations with men mm-hmm. we can be friends right but like you know that's not that's not where i'm at and and that and that took time. That took experience. Like I didn't know about that term right. until like a year and a half ago. Right. So I, I definitely yeah. Experience is one of the best teachers. Yeah, sure. and it's also too. I often think about how, <laughs> and I know it's different for everybody, but for me, I think a big driver and my my um there not being a huge attraction to men is like the whole gender roles thing. Like sometimes I think my relationship with yeah. non men tend to be stronger because there is not this this and there's grays in this but there's not this marriage to like this is my role and this is what you're supposed to do you know what i'm saying and i get there's a thing between like where you lie on like masculinity and femininity spectrum i know it's more complex than just black and white but i think like generally overall these niggas be problematic and i just be thinking like nigga i'd rather have just issues within the relationship not off of like dumb petty shit because you the quote unquote man and I'm the quote unquote woman like that in and of itself is a turn off to me you know what I'm saying and like I know yes. there are women who are yes. in healthy relationships with cis men and it's like yeah Oof. it's good for you and people want to say not all men but let's let's be clear on these statistics you know what I'm saying like let's be clear I y'all agree. struggle I agree. and we all struggle with dating I don't want to just be like y'all struggle we all do but I feel like when it comes to like straight women it, the, the, the reason why it's like dog eat dog it's because a lot of these niggas still hold these mindsets. And I know it's, it's bigger things at play. We got systems and, right. and races, all these things. I ain't trying to act like they don't exist. But, like, right. let's just name it and be honest. I, I do wonder if these things weren't a thing, if I would feel more attracted to men. Because for me, those things yeah. are just turnoffs for me. And I don't have the mm-hmm. room 
I'm grown. Like, I don't got the time for that shit. Mm. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I definitely appreciate that and, and feel that too. Cause I, I think that like part of my non-attraction to men, I think I'm also just not attracted to them generally, mm-hmm. but I think part of, I probably would have been quicker to one, admit that if these systems, whatever, you know, didn't exist. Right. And also I think part of, I, I feel like I could never do romantic attraction. I feel Never. like I couldn't, mm-hmm. but I feel like I could try to explore sexual relations more if I didn't feel like I will never get, be able to give true consent. Okay. Because I feel like there's always this, these weird power, power dynamics at play yeah. that it's like, am I able to really give you consent? Especially because like I said, still, even now as a lesbian, like it is hard, even just in friendships and work mm-hmm. relations, whatever. It's hard for me to say no to men. Yeah. So like I just always feel like I'm having a hard time effectively communicating with men because there's always this spoken, unspoken, unfair power dynamic yeah. in my interaction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which makes me just not trust it. And like for wow. me, you know, sex is trust. Yes, absolutely. Relationships are trust. Period. So I'm like, if I can't trust you in general, what are we doing? <laughs> they, they ain't for the work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And speaking of friends in your community, like what? As you've moved through this process of understanding yourself, and a lot of the times we talk mm. to our friends in our community about these things, what has your feedback been? Not I'm not saying that you you have come to this understanding for feedback, but naturally we talk about these things with our people. So like, what has it looked like for you to like share this with your um, community? And I'm wondering like what you've mm. discovered about yourself in the process. It sounds like a big thing. It's like trying to work through saying no to men. Um, yeah. God, yeah, no, seriously, no, seriously, that is, that is a big thing. Um, it's been, it has been a process for right. sure. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I kind of had been letting my significant other know for a while, but honestly, that was like hard for me for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, if she listened to this, she's gonna be like, why didn't you tell me this? But anyway, mm-hmm. I think I did, but it is hard for me because we are like open. I think she's probably, I don't really know if I, I don't know how I feel yet, basically. I do like to have, like, I feel valid and free to have sexual relationships with other people, but I don't know if I could love more than one person. It's kind of where I'm at right now. Okay. But she, and, I mean, me, back in the day, (laughs) were, like, (laughs) entertaining the idea, like, oh, what if we had a throuple with a dude? Okay. You know, because she's very much bisexual, very much bisexual woman. Okay. Um, And then when I was like, yeah, that, that, that ain't finna happen period. Mm. <laughs> it was kind of like, I felt like I was letting her down. Oh, wow. I felt like she had this whole, like, like, why? Like, why, you know, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. Like, okay, maybe if you want to type a threesome, like, I could do that thing that, like, straight dudes do. Oh, my God, this is so fucked up. When <laughs> it's they, okay. When it's no, this is a no-judgment zone. Like, up. let's be real. So, <laughs> all good. I'm like, maybe I could do that thing that straight dudes do where, like, you know, they aren't two opposite ends. Uh-huh. Right? High five uh-huh. in the middle. Uh-huh. Like, I could high you five, should. buddy, but I'm not trying to do nothing yeah. else, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I'm not. And so, like, that was weird because I definitely, for a minute, like, I was like, I, you're, you're the person I love, so I, I trust you with this information, but I do feel like I was letting her down for a second. Okay. And sometimes I still do, and mm. that was definitely very hard. Yeah. And I think that that also like, uh, was re, like, recapitulated when I was talking to my mother about it, because she, like I said, is an extreme supporter. Um, she, you know, she's a thespian, all her friends growing up, um, her closest friends, uh, we're all mostly gay black men. Unfortunately, she lost a lot of friends during yeah. the AIDS uh, pandemic. Yeah. So she's very attuned and sensitive. She's also bisexual herself mm-hmm. to relation to issues in queer communities. But she is working on her lesbophobia. Ah! Okay, she, lesbophobia. Yes. Let's 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 talk about it. What is it? What is it? I have a question mark. You right? I mean, just the idea that like, okay, yes, you can have attraction to women and other, you know genders but like why not also men because i don't like that like i don't know what else to tell you that's not gonna happen and so that's been her whole thing and for a minute honestly that was that was my significant other's thing too was like well you haven't had too many like interactions with men like how do you know like you should try (laughs) the the right dude hasn't found Ah! you yet i don't care if he finds me i don't want him to if he finds me me and buddy could be cool (laughs) 
But I don't, I don't think that's, I think you need to, oh, that's a little lesbophobic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She said to me right now. It's the need to include like, me and like, why? But also, exactly. I'm like, when we realize we're queer, that'd be the same thing they say. Like, how do you know you haven't dated a lot of men? And you're like, well, I'm still queer. So like, in the in the reverse. They, it's, thank it's like, you. Why would you thank use you. the same thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that made it even harder because I'm like, y'all don't realize how hard it was for me to even admit this to myself because I also was trying to fight compulsory heterosexuality to be like, well, maybe I should give men a chance. Maybe mm-hmm. I should blah, blah, blah with men, X, Y, Z, maybe men, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so it was so, it took like a year and a half. I mean, really my entire life, but I started thinking about, do I actually like men since like 2019, yeah. really? But I was like, uh, <laughs> we can't even, right. so next. But then, you know, obviously, like I said, the pandemic hit and I'm just with it all the time. Like, what the heck? And I think it's also because I cultured, like, or cultivated this online community of all, like, queer non-men. Right. That I would be talking to all the time. It's the quality for me. I finally felt comfortable. Right. Right? (laughs) Well, you know who you're comfortable with. Like, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. And so not having men there. Right. Like, was was very important. But, yeah, that's, oof, it's been a while. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. You know, the struggles and sharing that with your community. Because I didn't even think about, I truly did not think about how this would affect your relationship. I did not think about that. Yeah. I didn't think about that at all. And I think that's so dependent on, like, where a person's partner is. You know what I'm saying? And their understanding. So thank you for sharing that because that's, yeah. that's real yeah, as fuck. No that's real as fuck. And I think it'd be remiss not to bring up in this conversation of decentering men, bringing up trans men. I think I'm wondering, like, does that yes. complicate your, um, like, understanding yourself as a lesbian at all? Or how- I'm so glad you brought mm-hmm. that up because I just figured that out, like, a week okay. ago. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> yes. Um, that was a big pro- like hurdle in me. There's multiple okay. hurdles, right? One of them was me being like, if I say I'm a lesbian, does that mean I exclude non-binary people? And then I read the Lesbian Master Doc, and I have many in my like little cartoon <laughs> Twitter online uh-huh. community, many non-binary lesbians or even cis lesbians who have non-binary like partners. Right. And I realized that like. I was thinking, I was kind of being like, uh, I don't know if it's like cis, I don't know what the term mm-hmm. is. Kind of like transphobic in a sense, okay. I guess. And internalized transphobia, mm-hmm. right? And thinking about non-binariness as a, like a third gender, which I think a people lot of people do. misconceive yes. it as, right? And it's not. It's, it's so a spe- many things. Like it's, it's all a right. spectrum. So I'm like, I just don't like that end of the spectrum where the spectrum is condensed in like, like male or men-ness. Got it. But when I would think about trans men, I was like, okay, like, what's up? Mm -hmm. And then, like I said last week, (laughs) I found this fine, like, fine, fine trans activist. What's his name? Kenneth. I think it's Kenneth Jacobs. I want to look at my Instagram. Um, I think that's his name. I'm just, hold on, sorry. I'm, like, almost 100% positive because I spent so much time on his Instagram uh, the other day. (laughs) And I literally... Yeah, no, Kenneth, Ken, Ken, Kenny Ethan Jones, okay. okay, at Kenny Ethan Jones is his Instagram, okay. and yes, this man, this man is fine, okay. but I am not, like, sexually attracted to him, right, I'm not, yeah. I was like, he is, like, you know, I, I could be like, he is fine, would I want to be with him, probably, probably not, not. Mm-hmm. to be honest, mm-hmm. I'm just not attracted to men, right. trans right. or cis, men Period. aren't, aren't cool Period. with me, um, so that was, like, it was like a very liberating thing because I was like, holy crap, like that. And that's valid. Yeah. That's fine for me to feel that way. Um, and just also like, this is kind of sidetracked, but also heighten my own like relationship to understanding my own gender identity mm-hmm. and realizing that like, I don't, I feel like I identify more on the spectrum myself. Absolutely. Cause like, what the hell is like, what the hell is right? So it's all complicated. Uh, it all overlap. It's all like, and I think yeah, it's definitely a freedom to queerness. But then also, it's like when you're trying to understand it, it also can feel kind of yes. constraining and scary. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's so interesting too. Like, it's interesting for me too, cause I definitely think at first I did not used to think like me being a attracted to a trans man complicated anything i think I, for me i was just like oh like you know mm-hmm. it don't matter da, 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 da. but then i had an experience that was a very messed up experience and i would never uh blanket all people of the trans experience because of one person right but i think when masculinity right. comes into play for me it changes a lot regarding my attraction in yeah. general like yeah. and i think 
when a person who was assigned female at birth um, begins their journey of understanding their own masculinity, I think it can become, yeah. depending on that, how, how that person moves throughout that journey, it can look so different. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for some of no, them, definitely. like, and for some people, because we're so banged over the head with all these toxic masculine shit, that's the kind of exactly. shit that they may possibly adopt. And that scares the shit out of me because that's the shit I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So for yeah. me, I'm kind of no, like, if it's a previous, attra- like if we had a long relationship already, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, because the reality is that you can love somebody and then they can come to a different understanding of their gender identity at, di- at any point. Like you can't control mm. that. You know what I mean? And it's definitely going to change mm. things. But I've had to recently like be more honest with myself and say like, Actually, that experience kind of scares me to be somebody's partner who mm. is adopted masculinity and can be stepping into that in like a very unhealthy, toxic mm. way. Just because it's happened to me and I'm trying to work through that I mean, myself. That's valid. Yeah. And it's that's like, valid. it sucks because it's like, you know, I don't uh, feel ill will to anybody of the trans experience just because of that. Right. right. But for me, it was like, you could do everything right and a nigga can steal, you know what I'm saying? Um, because their idea of masculinity may not be healthy. That's what I'm trying to say. It can be unhealthy and toxic. So that's something I've definitely been working through and understanding that within my sexuality yeah. because now I feel very unsure of if I'm if I'm leading with fear, uh, you know what I'm saying, um, mm. in that perspective. Mm. Or, you know, it like is it really that, like, I wouldn't date, like, a person of the trans masculine experience or is it just that I'm scared that I may go through a similar thing mm, again? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I th- and I think, I think, you know, that, that first of all, valid. The second of all, the thing I, I'll say too, um, I think that that can also happen with like cis studs. Yo! Sometimes you studs right. be wild. You're so right. <laughs> like sometimes studs out here could be wild. And like, I think, yeah, that also highlights I I am not attracted to masculine. Right. Period. I'm not. I like femmes. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some femmes. I also like stems. Right. But I'm not attracted to masculinity. Yeah. I'm just period not. And I think uh, part of it is kind of what I was mentioning before, like this weird trust thing. Mm-hmm. But also just like I I just like femininity. Yeah. I just like I just like yeah. Oof. I love right. it. Period. <laughs> like, and that's the hard. Like G. Like, and I'm, I'm so glad that you have stepped in the, into this with like a better understanding. Cause for me, I'm like, I'm always so caught up in the fact that like, I am attracted to masculinity, but like not really for men. And then I'm also attracted mm-hmm. to femininity. And it's like, it's really a person's vibes. Like I gotta see it. That's why I don't like dating apps for real too. Because I'm like, I need to talk to you. I love a soft voice. You know what I'm saying? I love a soft touch. I love, there are specific <laughs> things, but then I'm like masculinity on men. I don't think it's for me. But like masculinity on feminine people is like more for me. And it's like fuck like this. Right, right. <laughs> and it, it's so nuanced because I think the other thing that like, oh my god, this is wild. It's so crazy. Yeah. The other thing that almost had me not, you know, at the like crux of me being like, oh, am I really lesbian? Mm-hmm. Was like, I think. What like, what about femboys? Still wouldn't want to date. Mm, it. Still wouldn't. Honestly. I still okay, G, G. I just don't. Kaylani, yeah. then Kaylani, right? So people would like she's the only. I use her because she's like famous, right? But she's not the first person I heard this from. So I've I've, I've met a lot of like queer women who are attracted to queer men, and you know Kaylani, for example, yeah. her baby daddy bisexual, and she always talking about how she mm-hmm. loves queer men, like is actually attracted to them. And I realized mm-hmm. like it's the femininity, it's the like. But like you write like for you, it's like not for you. But then it's like for some queer like femmes, it's like okay, but also like these feminine men, like like yes, and it's just like so. Ah! <laughs> it is interesting. It is, and I think like, but I'm glad you brought Kaylani because she honestly was super helpful. Really, like in my in my like exploration and like it. valid in, in my acceptance of my identity yes. on, on multiple facets. Because she also said I, she was I lesbian. Did, yeah, didn't she also? She did. No, she did. Oh, Literally, shit. like the. The week I was like, oh, what the heck, in my head. I saw that video and I was like, she just, she just changed her life because I love Kaymani. But then I was like, okay, let me, you know. I took a few weeks before I was like, I want to figure this out outside of just seeing that video, but it was important mm-hmm. for me. Um, but I agree that I definitely have more age attraction to, like, feminine men or people on the mask spectrum or, like, 
men spectrum who exhibit femininity or are okay with expressing femininity, right. I still prefer right, <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. non men who express femininity. For sure. I definitely think that the the like the non attraction or whatever is lessened. Yeah, if there is femininity present, but I'm just like I. I feel like I'd be. This is so loud. I'm like I feel like I'd be more li- likely to have sex with you, but I'm homo romantic. Mm-hmm. I am right. Like, I'm just homo yeah. romantic. Period. Point blank. Period. For sure. For sure. Sex to me is different than romance. So, real shit. Real shit. And I'm wondering, like, do you still? You talked about this a little bit earlier. Do you feel is equally like attached to the term queer in general, or do does lesbian feel more right for you? Just I'm wondering because like. A lot of people yeah. use queer because it's kind of like the room to explore without like a tight ass label. You know what I'm saying? Like, so do you right. feel yeah. equally, you know, attached to queer? Or do you feel more like you would rather term yourself as a lesbian? I now like lesbian. Better. Okay. There was a long time, especially in the beginning, where I was like, I like queer sapphic <laughs> because I'm like queer, but it's like really this funnel of the mm-hmm. spectrum. But I'm like, that funnel of the spectrum is embodying the word lesbian for me. Okay. And I do think it, it has been this radical exp- exploration and, of, of, and like communication of self-love in saying and claiming the word lesbian because it divorces men from mm. my, my like orientation, mm-hmm. which was hard for mm-hmm. me. But they not in right. it. I'm not thinking right. about them. Period. <laughs> Period. I am a lesbian. Yes. So I, I just like, I love, I love the term when I finally was like, oh, I'm into it. I just started, I have lesbian flags over my crap. Mm-hmm. Like I just went crazy. Cause I was like, wow, I really feel affirmed right yeah. now. Finally allowing myself to be like, it's not about men at right. all. Actually. Yes. Never was. Period. I'm so happy for you. And, and like, I'm wondering, this is really making me think, uh, I'm not sure if you watched the generation Q, the L word. Um, this is really, <laughs> The Iro, the, the last episode of the film cast is, is about this. That's a funny one. Um, but I'm thinking of Micah and, you know, him realizing he isn't only attracted to men, like him kind of figuring that out. Um, mm. And it's just a reality that it's more common for us than maybe we all talk about or whatever. So I'm wondering, like, for folks who may feel similarly, what advice would you give them? Would it be any words that you would give somebody? Yeah. Um, I definitely say take time. And and try your best to self-reflect without judgment. Okay. So I really think that the the tip the thing that tipped the scales for me not only was Kaylani but me literally going through my life since first grade, literally mm-hmm. first grade, and thinking about all my relationships, friendships, attractions, whatever, yeah. and just taking the mm-hmm. time to sit there and reflect, extra like really helped me. Um and it, and. So, yeah, I would say take time, talk to your people about yeah. it. And especially if you're, you know, thinking about whether or not am I, you're a lesbian or, you know, that experience, read the Lesbian Master Doc. What is it this is Master Doc? It's extremely helpful. Who wrote it's, this? It's extremely helpful. Right? I forgot. I don't know who wrote I okay. really should know their names. But um, it, like I said, I've been, <laughs> Sapphic Cartoon Twitter has saved my okay. life. This pandemic, I promise yeah. you. And so a lot of people were passing this, this, it's like a Google Mm -hmm. doc, just with all this information. It's basically like, choose your own adventure of, am I a lesbian? Okay. And it's like all these frequently asked questions and exploration of it or an explanation of it. And basically how like many of those questions are connected to difficulty, divorcing identity from compulsory heterosexuality, because it's so Mm -hmm. hard for us to not want to fall into compulsory heterosexuality, especially as non-men, I I believe. I mean, I'm sure the same thing with men, but I can't speak to experience. Um, And it's just, it's a extremely long Google Doc, but with all this information, all these resources, that was super helpful. Like, for instance, one of the questions that I was like, damn, that's it. You know, it's like, I, but I'm attracted to cartoon men, though. (laughs) Which is true. I like cartoon yes, men. Yes. Cartoon men. Some of them could get uh-huh. it. <laughs> but real life no. men. No. It's a, you know, it's like it's like niche things like yeah. that were super helpful for me. But I was scared to open that doc. Right. I had had it in my saved it in my bookmarks at Twitter. Had it saved for like six wow. months before I actually finally opened it and read okay. through it. And it was extremely affirming. Yeah. People can Google that and, and the advice is to give yes. people some just give yourself time. There's no limit. Is what it sounded like. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I love that so much. 
so now we're gonna move into the living for or that's homophobic um, segment of the show to close this episode out is there anything that you are living for or that you want to rant about for that's homophobic yeah um i am really living for the fact that i get to go um uh, for the holidays mm-hmm. um get to go see my significant other soon Yay. which has been like it's hard doing long distance but i am also living for like you know queer queer women people on the women's spectrum being able to make it work. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yes being able to make okay. it work making it work it's difficult i'm glad i could yeah. drive even though she can't yeah. it's all right i'm the driving gay yes <laughs> so i'm really i'm really uh looking forward to that mm-hmm. for I sure enjoy that trip um, Thank you. Yeah, me too. I gotta take my cat with me. My you child. do? Yeah, she 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 does decent in the airport. I drug her. Wow. But that's what the vet told me to do. Wow. So I guess it's legal. I'm good for leaving uh, my cat at home and just hiding food everywhere so she, you know, can eat, <laughs> keep a whole bunch of water and food pills so she'll be okay. <laughs> hey. Okay. My um. So I'm glad you have a living for. I just have a that's homophobic this week. And it is for Netflix CEO Ted Sarandos. Mm-hmm. Basically, we've talked about it already. The Dave Chappelle special, the transphobic comments. People have been coming to Ted, obviously, for quotes in the press. And to just shorten it up, he basically made a statement, which now he says that he regrets saying, obviously, given he regrets saying it now. But he says something to the effect of like um, Dave Chappelle's statements don't adversely affect trans communities and it's like false what the all f- a lie who are you to say I that i couldn't believe he said i mean for me this is one of the most basic things right it's just a simple fact that now one thing a lot of people talked about in the special was that like the way dave Chappelle talked about trans people and like queer people were as if we were just two wholly different groups like somehow you know black queer people <laughs> look you laughing but like dead ass everybody kept saying like he was talking about it as if black people are in one oh. group like they really act like black queer folks i hate when black people do yeah. that and because they know black us. straight people we've been in that. your classrooms y'all have been <laughs> y'all have been around Jesus. us for so long but y'all still commit to the idea that somehow black queer people don't exist but anyway this is my rant for this week <laughs> because first off like we know that trans women of color, especially black trans women, get killed at okay. such high rates over everybody mm-hmm. else. Like, there are reasons why so many of them live in, not live in silence, but may completely disappear and just reappear into their true identities mm-hmm. because it is not safe for them to be honest about being trans. That's why we know so many, um, right. dang, I forget her name. Um, she was in Cheetah Girls. She was the theater teacher. Like, finding out that she was trans all these years later, well, she was just like, well, it was mm. not safe. You know what I'm saying? She feels safe talking about it now. Mm. And she's, you know, I won't call She's kind of elder now. She's older. Um, but this is why these people mm. exist, because they could not be honest about it, right? They've existed in our past. Okay. We just likely did not know, because it was not safe. They get killed. And when you say yeah. shit, like... He says on these specials, the reality is that you are affirming people who have these negative beliefs. The way I really need black people to think about this is to think about domestic violence. We are always talking about, especially within black communities, a lot in all communities, in all communities, a lot of the time, most of the time when uh, the woman is killed is by somebody of her own race. A lot of times. Right. When we think domestic violence, you know, that's what's happening to trans women and more likely than not they're getting killed Mm -hmm. because these men are Mm -hmm. wrestling with feeling like oh are they gay and they don't know how to understand their own sexuality because they refuse to accept that these women are women so for me it's just like it was so careless to say that it was just to me it was care like did you do any media pr training you know this is how you know you just don't care because i'm just kind of like how do you say something like that yes him saying what he said is going to lock into some men's minds that their thought process around trans women is real, that it's okay to invalidate them when it is not. It was super irresponsible. You have a huge platform. Um, you're fucked up for doing your employees how you're doing them right now. Like, this shit is not fucking cool. Like, this shit is not cool at all. And meanwhile, while you over on Netflix catching your big checks, like, there are trans women out here who are trying to fucking survive. Like, this shit really... Yeah. Ugh, like, I don't want to cry, but this shit really pisses me off because I'm like, so many of us have been yeah. affected by domestic violence in different ways. And so to think about these people mm. who it's, like, times 10, I just can't believe that his fucking ass really, like, said that shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also that, like, the other thing that 
I think is important in the conversation too is like, there's the, trans people are constantly the butt of Dave Chappelle's jokes. This ain't the first time this man has made an entire special. He's so tired. Right? Yeah. Exactly. We're a great, yeah. exactly. so <laughs> great, great portion of what he talks about, what he's joking about is trans people. And like, as somebody who loves comedy and like, in my ooh, deepest, darkest depths of my soul, would love to do stand up. I understand. I'm just, ooh, I'm kind of. I want this for you. Yes. <laughs> I, I literally, I love comedy so much. Um, I understand, and he's talked about this before, because when I first was watching his shows, because I watch a lot of mm-hmm. comedians, first was watching his shows, and a lot, of, you know, he was like, the point of comedy is we're supposed to, you know, you make jokes that make people uncomfortable. It is, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of highlighting these issues in the political, societal sphere with comedy and making light of them, quote unquote, in right. that way. Right. But there is a way to be equitable about your comedy. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly making the same community the butt of all your jokes, that's not funny. It's giving <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> At yeah. all. It's, right. And it's also giving prejudice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Because mm-hmm. like what, what is real and what is fake. And or my other thing is, right, it's because a lot of times comedians, the, the butt of people's jokes, whoever they're talking about, right, making jokes about are, are people in their own community, like Bernie Mac, one of my favorite comedians. I love when he was talking about black church yeah. folk. That's hilarious. R.I.P. Dave Chappelle, do you want to tell us something? Mm. Do, you have, do you have something to unpack? Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's giving Labusi. Like, Let me know. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Let me know. Because that's fine, honey. If you need to go on hiatus and do that work, mm-hmm. okay, is this internalized transphobia? Right. Please let me know. Right. Because it it is, like you said, given obsession. And it just, it makes me so angry, too. Because I just hate that Netflix has so much freaking money. I mean. <laughs> I hate it. So, it's hard to dismantle it, it. it. It really is. And I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Is 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 because I'm still on Netflix, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna delete the app. <laughs> Help, right? But I Help. think too, this press is going was going. I don't think they're getting away with this scot free. This shit is really like I heard that that march was really powerful. There was so many people there, mm. like they really made a lot of noise with that. And especially the one black trans employee that they had being like, "It's me, and I can talk now." About who also had a child on the way. What? Mm-hmm. the fact that like they can now speak publicly you know what i'm saying because they're not an employee anymore about what was really going on like y'all are really shitting on yourself yourselves you know what i'm saying um yeah. yeah because if you remove the queer content i do think that will make a difference in netflix you know what i'm saying like we looking for that shit so oh facts if, if, oh if, facts then i might delete look, it right so i'm like if you get rid of the employees Actually. then where is the content and then where are we you know mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. yeah no seriously Let's yeah. hope that they do. I hope. I hope that they do better, and that just everybody begins to try to interrogate this shit in their own life because it's tired. And everybody deserves to I, live a life and, and have joy and just not be harassed like this. Yeah, I do too. And I also hope that those who have more like societal pull and power continue to stand, uh, speak yes. out because I know I, I'm pretty sure it's Daniel Levy who's um, he and his dad write Shit's Creek. Yes, show. Um, you know, as a white man. He made a statement right. and, and has been actually very active in, speci- specifically because I think they're Canadian, yeah. so he's been very active um, in owning and understanding himself as a colonizer and trying to help indigenous communities in Canada get, you That's know, so reclaim um, justice, especially in terms of the, the uh, I forgot what those schools are called, those terrible Where schools. Where they found the bodies. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, and so he has spoken up and spoken out against Netflix, so I hope more people like like him yeah. especially white people right? right take the time and speak out white celebrities white people in power producers whoever like we need y'all yeah. to stand up and this is the time to do that because i am i am so thankful that this march you know was amazing and was profound but i'm also worried about the people who organized yeah. it who did those people who were the main people who right. organized it right and what's going to happen to their right. jobs right because if it if it is again mostly black queer people then right <laughs> then then what yeah. the hell <laughs> yeah no you're absolutely right you're absolutely you're absolutely right well I'll, I'll keep y'all updated on the show about what happened with this situation because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's giving chaotic hey. and uh, thank you so much jimco for being yo on the thank show. you this was great i love yeah this no this is amazing this is amazing yes i agreed, hope other people agreed. can 
you know, really hear your experience and and really begin to, mm-hmm. um, if it's right for them, decenter men and their sexualities because we're trying to get free. We're trying to get free. We're trying to get free. Please, please, <laughs> please read the lesbian ass documentary. I'm gonna look it up. Very I'm gonna look it up. No, you really should. It, it was helpful to me for real. I like cartoon men, but that's where the oh, line, well, that's where the line that's is drawn. <laughs> Well, thanks, Yemco. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Yemco. And I know I sure did. It really, really got me thinking. You know what I'm saying? I'm literally always thinking. I'm always thinking back to when I first came out and just really thinking about how so much about who I am, including my sexuality, has shifted and has really changed. And I hope that, you know, many of us can remember that, you know, our sexuality is ours, that we don't owe it to anybody else. We don't owe it to our families, you know, what we owe people, our honesty, if we are in intimate relationships with them, you know, but other than that, you know, your, your process or your understanding is yours. And it is not something that, um, you should definitely, you know, be proud of yourself, but you know, you don't necessarily owe it to others or owe it to announcing to others. And I hope this episode also kind of furthers, cause I know for me, it does, Um, continuously furthers our understanding of gender and femininity and masculinity and um, androgynousness and the expansiveness of what these things can mean. And honestly, (laughs) honestly, y'all, this makes me um, completely understand when people be like, we abolishing gender and, and fuck and fuck labels like because it get it gets so intricate, it gets so complicated. But that's when I come back to. Your things are yours, okay, and other folks are not owed it, as long as it makes sense to you and the people you believe, you know, who need to know and need to be involved. That's literally all that matters. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, Please let me know if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts, anything you felt like Yimko and I um, may have missed out on. And also, I'm just so interested in like, who y'all want to hear on the podcast, okay? If there's any topics specifically that you want, if there are any people um, that you think will be great on the show, please do not be embarrassed to just like DM or email a suggestion because more likely than not, I will be down, okay? So again, it's been Janaea. Um, catch up with us on the socials, Instagram at Femcast Podcast, Twitter at Femcast Pod CST. And please, I beg, I beg, please, Leave us a review on Apple Podcast if you can. It'll take like two seconds. Love and appreciate y'all. And I will see y'all next time.